0: Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues, Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are so kind and so generous to us. And Lord, thank you for your word to us in the Bible. And we pray come Holy Spirit and breathe your life into the word and pray that you speak into each of our hearts. Give us soft hearts, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're looking at what it means for us as a local church in Winchester to live our lives together in community as the body of Christ in this place. The the Apostle Paul uses different metaphors or pictures of what it means to be the church gathered together to help us understand our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with one another. And each of the pictures helps us in a different way to appreciate more of the blessing and more of the privilege of being together as as the church. So Paul describes the church as God's family, with God as our Father, and we're his children. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And and we can know that love of God that he has for us as his children. And Paul describes the church as the temple of the Holy Spirit, where each of us is like a, a living stone being built together to form a temple For the Holy Spirit to live amongst us to be with us and we we can know be assured the Holy Spirit is with us as we gather together this morning and Paul describes the church as as the body the body of Christ and and he uses lots of other metaphors but the one we're going to focus in is that the church as the body of Christ and what does it mean for you what's it mean for me to be part of the body of Christ here at Christ Church. So, this, this is really important for us. When we become Christians and we put our faith in Jesus, we're immediately welcomed into God's family. But our faith is not just about me and Jesus, it's not just about me and Jesus. We, we become part of God's church and we're part of a community. And we need God to help us understand, actually, what what does that mean? How do our relationships work if we're going to have fruitful and healthy relationships within the body of Christ? Paul wasn't writing 1 Corinthians into a vacuum. He wrote it as a letter to a particular church In Corinth, in the first century. Corinth was a a busy port, it was a, a thriving commercial center. And Paul went there, he preached the gospel, and he stayed 18 months there, about 18 months, and saw the beginnings of a new Christian community, the church. And you can read about it if you want to in Acts 18. After Paul left Corinth he began to hear about problems that were happening in the church and there was an exchange of letters between Paul and the leaders of the church and 1 Corinthians is one of those letters and in chapters 11 to 14 of 1 Corinthians we begin to get a picture of what's happening it seems that the meetings, their weekly meetings, when the church gathered together, were a bit chaotic. Some people were praying out loud in tongues, which is a spiritual language, but nobody was interpreting, so people hadn't got a clue what they were saying. And At other times, somebody might be teaching or giving a word that they felt was from God, and then other people would get up and they would butt in. And Paul's concern here was not to stop people praying in tongues. He tells us in chapter 13 that he prayed in tongues, in a spiritual language, more than any of them in the church. Paul's concern that this disorder, this... um, chaos really, in the church, would not be a good witness to the gospel, especially when non-believers came into the church. How could a visitor understand the gospel if they, if they couldn't understand what was being said? And for the people who were Christians, who were believers, how could they grow in their own faith and discipleship if they didn't understand what was going on? So over the last two weeks, we've been looking at chapter 12 and we've seen how Paul carefully instructed the church in the the gifts of the Holy Spirit and he emphasizes the diversity of the gifts and how the gifts are given for the common good and this morning we're looking at just that last part of chapter 12 and we're going to focus on the church as the body of Christ. Secondly, the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. And thirdly, are some gifts more important than others? So firstly, the body of Christ. Paul says this in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So we saw last week, if you were here, in verses 12 to 36, how Paul pictures the church as a body. We've all got human bodies, and all our bodies have got different parts. You know, we've got our arms, we've got our legs, we've got our ears, our noses, our mouths, and all of those parts belong to the human body. And Paul said that we're all like different bits of the body, but we belonged, we belong together as the body of Christ. Each one of us is a part of the body of Christ. We're different, but we would belong to each other. And each person here has a unique and an important role. That's the body of Christ. So what about the diversity? Secondly, the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. Paul goes on to list some of the gifts in verse 28. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of administration or guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. So Paul gave another list at the beginning of the chapter, and he gives lists in his, some of his other letters. So in Ephesians 4, if you look there, or Romans 12. And the dis- the lists are different you'll get some gifts in one you might get the same ones in that one but there'll be different gifts in each one and what this shows is what paul writes in his letters is is not exhaustive of the gifts of the spirit there are more there will be more gifts than he mentions so i'm going to look briefly with you at the the gifts mentioned in our reading so first of all apostles Now there's a difference between those who were the original apostles and the apostolic anointing on people today. The original apostles were witnesses, eyewitnesses of the resurrected Jesus. So Paul saw the resurrected Jesus on the Damascus Road. And if you think about Peter, James, John, they all saw the resurrected Jesus. But just as those original apostles were sent out by Jesus to preach the gospel, to make disciples and to establish new Christian communities, so God is still sending out people today to to do that same thing. And this would include people like church planters or people who are doing pioneering missionary work. And I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago when I went to see a friend called Margaret in Cambridge. And I first met her about 15 years ago when Oliver, my husband, and I were on sabbatical and we were traveling up through South America. And in Lima, in Peru, we went to see Margaret, and she's the most remarkable woman. She went out to um, Lima as a young woman and, she, was, she, start, she started and stayed on the very outskirts of the city amongst the, the poorest, you know, poorest of the poor, such poor people. And she started working with the children, sharing her passionate love of Jesus. And then gradually um, she got to know their, their families, and, you know, the parents, the families. And she ended up by establishing at least sort of four or five churches. And you know, even, even when we, when we um, just, she's retired now to Cambridge, but even you know, in those last months, she was going in, you know, in sort of a, a boat up the river into the Amazon you know, to just reach somebody in her church had moved in from this village and, and she wanted her to go back and, and tell people about Jesus. So she's an amazing woman. She's lovely, she's full of fun. But she was telling me about how now where the church leaders communicate with her and she replied, She uses email, she does WhatsApp groups. In the pandemic, she was doing Bible studies on Zoom for people in Lima, I mean, she's, she's amazing. And I said to her, you know, you're just like the Apostle Paul. You know, he, um, he uses, you know, I don't know, he had a scribe, didn't he, most of the time, but, you know, parchment and quills or whatever he used, and she's using WhatsApp and email. Now, wouldn't it be great if we sent out more people like that, from Christ church, to establish new churches in, our, in the UK, but also further afield. So that's, that's apostles. Prophets. Now, there's a difference between Old Testament prophets and the prophetic gifting today. In the Old Testament, the prophets were called to listen to God and declare his word. And they would say, thus says the Lord absolutely authoritative and where their words are recording in scripture those words are still authoritative for us today but today Jesus tells us in John 10 that he is the good shepherd and we are his sheep and Jesus tells us that as his sheep as we can recognize his voice so each one of us can hear God's Jesus' voice for ourselves. So when somebody is specially anointed, has the special gift of prophecy today, it's that they have a special, a special anointing for that listening to God and giving, giving words that they feel that are from Him. But we have to weigh and test prophecies today. Are they consistent with what's in the Bible, with what's in the scriptures? And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.3 that everyone who prophesies speaks for the strengthening, the encouragement and the comfort of the church. Now, I know in my own ministry that I have been hugely, hugely encouraged and challenged by people giving me prophetic words. It's, a, it's such an important gift. Next one is teachers. Teachers. This is a special gift from God to teach God's word from the Bible. And it covers both teaching adults and teaching children, all, all ages. And it extends way beyond what we say in the services at the front. It's the children's groups, it's like women's group on, on Mondays, the Oasis groups. All the different smaller groups in the church, people can use their gift of teaching. The next one is workers of miracles and gifts of healing. We can all pray for a miracle, and we can all pray for healing, and we will see answers to those prayers. But the difference with somebody who's given that gift or that ministry is that they will regularly and consistently see answers to prayers as they pray for healing and miracles, and. As they do that, their gifting and their maturity will grow in that gift. The next one is is an amazingly practical gift, but it's a gift of the spirit. It's helping others. It's it's absolutely essential to us to function as a body, that we've got people with practical gifts who use them for the benefit of the, the body here and out in the community. Again, we're called to help and serve each other, but this is a special gifting that the Spirit gives. The next one is administration. Well, this this used to be um, translated as administration in the NIV, the New International Version of the Bible, but now it's translated rightly as guidance. And, And the Greek word comes from a helmsman steering a ship into port safely and well into port Now, if you if you think about um somebody steering a boat well a good helmsman will know the the capabilities of the boat and the capabilities of the crew so this gift is um so valuable for people who are in leadership again at every level to have that gift of guidance or administration Next one is tongues. Now, this is a gift from the Holy Spirit of a spiritual language. And it's not intelligible for us unless God gives the interpretation to somebody. And it's a really useful gift for praying and for praising God. I know for for myself that when I'm praying about something that I, I really care about, you know, I can only think of so many words to say, but God's, if God's laid something on my heart, you know, I'll still want to go on praying. That, it's really useful to be able to pray in tongues. And I'd really encourage you, if you don't have that gift, to pray for God to, to receive it. So you can see that um, there are lots of other gifts that are uh, mentioned in those other passages. There's an amazing variety And a a healthy church will have a great variety of gifts amongst us. And Paul makes it clear that all these gifts should lead to, not to fragmentation, but to, to unity. And in a healthy church, we're going to be interdependent. We need each other. It's right for us to rely on each other and trust each other. And it's really important that um, Paul brings this out in his letter to, in 1 Timothy. He's, he's writing to a sort of younger disciple, a younger church leader, and he says in 1 Timothy 4.14, he reminds him to rekindle, rekindle the gift of God in him. And, and the implication is that, that Timothy's gift could, could lessen, could weaken if he didn't use it regularly. So we, we need to use our gifts to grow in faith and discipleship, and so that the church, the body of Christ, can be built up. Now there'll be some of us here this morning who, who sense a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Is, is God calling you, is the Holy Spirit, Prompting you to rekindle a gift which you've had in the past, but but maybe you haven't been using recently. Or, Or maybe I mean a lot of us during the pandemic, our lives have been so different. Maybe he's encouraging you to get going and use that gift again. Paul writes this in verses 29 to 30. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing? To all speak in tongues, to all interpret. It's clear from these questions that no one has all the gifts. The Spirit gives to each one just as he chooses. And, and this ensures there's, there's no place for prima, prima donnas in our church community. Every gift is important. We need each other. Variety is great. Now interestingly, I don't know whether you sort of thought about this as we went through those giftings. There's no distinction between what we might be tempted to call a natural gift or a supernatural gift. So in Paul's list, he puts alongside somebody who's working miracles to that gift of um, helping, of serving, of helping others. All of the gifts are given by the same Holy Spirit, and they're all valuable. So just lastly, are some gifts more important than others? Paul says this in verse 31, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And it seems slightly strange, doesn't it? After, after Paul said that there's this great variety, and that Spirit gives just as he chooses, you know, um, is there some implication that there are greater gifts here? This is where it's really important to remember that Paul is speaking into that disorder, that sort of chaos in the Corinthian church. People getting up, speaking in tongues, people didn't have a clue what they were saying. Other people were getting up and butting in when people were speaking. And Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians fourteen twelve. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. Paul is concerned that the church is built up and edified by words that are spoken in the church. And he's concerned that the words that are used will strengthen the body body of Christ. Our motivation is really important when we, when we use any of the gifts that God's given us. The, the gifts are given to give glory to God and to build up the body of Christ. Our, our gifts should never be a source of personal pride or a source for our own glory. And, and God gives gifts to all his children. They're not a sign of spiritual maturity. As soon as, as soon as you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit can give you gifts. They're not a sign of maturity. So I want to look now at what if you don't know what your gifts are? How, what do we do? How, how do we find out what our gifts are? So I'm going to give you, give you f- briefly five E's, and I, I, didn't, I didn't make these up. I got them from somebody else. First one is explore. Explore what your gifts might be. And a a good place to start is looking at the needs and the opportunities in the church. So over the last three weeks, we've been looking at the the different ways we can serve in church and in our local community. And we've got these, these sort of posters up around the church. There's somewhere in the concourse. Or you can go on the website and look at the, where we need people to serve in the church and you can ask yourself the question what are my interests my desires my abilities what are the and you can pray ask God for wisdom be aware that God might speak to you through other people Something I, I preached at the nine, nine o'clock, but something specifically for this congregation, where we've got a need is for people to be part of the prayer ministry team. And um, maybe you feel um, a heart for that, a calling for that, that would particularly, um, anybody can be on the prayer ministry team, um, but particularly if you've got a prophetic gifting or a pastoral heart, um, do speak to Sue, who's leading the service, because she she heads up the prayer ministry team. The second thing is experiment. Have a go at serving in the area of service, to use your gifts that you might think God is calling you to. Um, It's not a life sentence. Just because you're having a go doesn't mean you've signed up for life. And then examine how it's going. When you start a new ministry, it's always good to reflect on how it's going. How how are you feeling in this new ministry? Do Do you sense it's a good fit? And then after a bit, evaluate with others. Discuss with other people how it's going. And the last one is expect, expect to see fruit. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to build up the church. And when we use our gifts together in community, Community, we can expect to see fruit from us working together using our gifts. I'd like to end by praying for all of us here at Christ Church that we might use our gifts together. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you that you are a kind and generous Father. Who delights to give good gifts to your children? Thank you that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to each one of us. Dear Lord, help us to be faithful in using our gifts for the common good and to build up your church here in our city. Lord, where we don't know what our gifts are, help us to discern with others. And by your Spirit, Help us to rekindle any gifts that we've not been using. Please help us to support and encourage one another as we use our gifts for your glory. And we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.